0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Good morning, Jesus 911, Rupert Nava uh, and Paul Clay. I'm filling in for Jesse Romero. Yeah, it's good to be back Paul thank you uh for uh you and Jess for inviting me back and
2: uh, <laughs> brought it, you out of retirement Ruben. <laughs>
1: yeah, it kept this seat warm for me so uh, yeah. I'm glad to be here and um you know I know some people have thought that I have been on some other shows those were like uh, um I don't know what uh mr engineer what you call those the reruns or the ones that the there's a, a name that you guys use here to show encores that's right encore productions so um so a lot of people will think that i'm back i was those are those are old shows but <laughs> i'm actually here today i'm in studio and uh it's nice. good to be here um you know uh i haven't talked to um you uh paul since the, the event at dodger stadium but uh, i was there and i saw a lot of uh, our listeners there uh, it was great to see them and you know them coming up to me and and um and saying hello, and um I, I just think that it, it was an event that uh, wherever you are on the spectrum of, of uh, you know, your Catholic faith, whether you're, you know, uh, a marginal Catholic, uh, you know, Nova Sorda, all the way to traditional uh, Catholic, uh wherever you are, you could have gleaned something from that day. And I, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said that their faith was reignited because of of what happened that day nice and they were just uh on fire they i haven't been around this this many on fire catholics at one time and
2: yes it's contagious uh, Ruben. you know um it's like uh like a fire you know you put a bunch of logs together and uh Mm -hmm. you know they burn brightly they burn hot Right. because they're together and uh but if you remove one of those logs from the fire what happens well it it burns out and it doesn't burn as hot so uh sacred scripture tells us do not forsake the gathering together of the brethren and so when we come together especially for a righteous cause uh, you know, I, you know, I believe also that we all oh, sacred scripture tells us that where there are two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So, you know, it, it's exciting to think that the Lord Jesus Christ himself was present and, uh, accounted for on that day.
1: Right. Uh, some people were yeah. actually taking pictures of the sun. They said the sun looked like it was dancing. Um, that, but, um, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I'm, I'm, all,
2: all heaven rejoiced, I, I would say, because why? Uh, you know, when men, or, or who was it? I think it was. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't. Don't quote me on this, but the quote that you know, the only thing uh, the, uh, for evil, oh. in order for evil to triumph, is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. Sir Edmund, right? Burke. Yeah, Sir Edmund Burke. Okay, thank you for that one, Ruben. You know, today, Ruben is the feast day. For Saint Thomas More, and he was a great English statesman.
0: Nice.
2: And Saint Thomas, Saint Thomas More, he was he was martyred. Uh, he lived in a time; uh, it was right around the you know during the time of the Reformation, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, or we call it the Revolt. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, uh, he's a man uh, who I call him great because uh, he didn't compromise his beliefs. He stayed true to God, even uh, to his death. Yes, and, uh, and that's such a beautiful thing. And that he's just a reminder. And what a great reminder today when we're battling the enemies of the church, that we need the spirit of St. Thomas more, you know, fidelity to Mother Church, fidelity to God, first and foremost. That's what we need today, Ruben.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, he did uh he didn't count the cost, right? Uh right as Boy. as we uh what's the how Jesus says it, you know, uh you've given without cost, you've been given without cost, you have to give of yourself without cost, you know. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, I always often quote uh uh there is a a a, a missionary. He was a Protestant, but he uh uh, I love the quote that he did. He, he actually gave his life in the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said his quote was, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Yeah, and that know. was uh, his name was Jim Elliott. I've
1: heard that. Anyway. Re-
2: yeah, you heard that before, huh? Mm-hmm. OK, so, Ruben, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot that's always in the news. Um, there was an article. That I wanted to discuss with you. And it is uh from the Catholic News uh agency, yes, which is basically connected with EWTN, I believe. And uh it's it's on the synod of synodality, and uh that uh I'd like to get into it, read it, and discuss it with you. Discuss. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So in advance of a pivotal, uh pivotal. October Assembly on Synodality, a new Vatican document released Tuesday, outlines key questions for what now promises to be a wide-ranging discussion on Pope Francis's vision of a more inclusive, decentralized, and listening church. Ruben, I'll I, I tell you, I don't even want to go beyond that first uh, paragraph there you know without making a comment <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll just give you my thoughts on it right 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 again and it, again I'm not trying to nitpick but I just know certain things that I, uh, I kind of remember Reuben when when my kids were small they had different experiments these teachers came up with these different ideas about education and how to teach people the basics and I remember they, at the time my son was was a uh, was learning how to read they had this site memorization thing where they would just give him a whole bunch of words and he would remember he would uh, memorize the words Mm -hmm. and uh and they were like basic words that are in a lot of uh basic writing and he was pretty good he was learning how to read pretty good but every time he came to a word that he didn't know he would always uh you know say it as the closest word that he knew that it looked like from this site memorization. Mm. And of course it would be the wrong word. And uh, my 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 take on that Ruben is, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, there's people who really mean well, but in 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 reality it causes disaster you know the old way that we were taught to read was what to learn how to sound things out right so that when you came up against a word that you didn't know you could sound it out yeah. and 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 speak the right word so i just kind of use that as a little uh, illustration to you know this kind of reminds me when we talk about pope francis's vision of a more inclusive decentralized and listening church you know, Ruben, the church is 2000 years old. And it I, I don't mean to say that Pope Francis can't have a vision. I don't mean to say that he can't. But but um, certain things are kind of set in stone over the last 2000 years. Yeah, just just as God is. Uh, what 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 do we learn in theology about God that he's immutable, that he changes not yeah. with him? There's no shifting nor shadow of change. What are your thoughts on that, Ruben?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, the the job of the Pope is to um to pass to faith yes. to pass on to the deposit of faith. Yes. And 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 safeguard it from yes. people who might want to come in with a wrecking ball. Um and yeah. And so, Sounds like verbiage
2: like build back better, right? Well, you gotta tear down before you can build back, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. All right. So um the highly anticipated text referred to as the Instrumentum Laboris, or it's otherwise known as the working tool, for the upcoming 16th Ordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops signals the beginning of a new phase of the Catholic Church's multi-year synod on synodality, drawing on listening sessions already conducted worldwide at the diocesan, national, and continental level. It covers such hot topic buttons as women deacons, priestly celibacy, LGBTQ outreach and highlights a a desire for new institutional bodies to allow for greater participation in decision-making by the people of God. And you know, what I could say about that is like, who's to say, Paul, who's to say that they're even listening to the lay folk? I mean, I mean, these modernist progressive bishops already have a a direction they want to go in. And we'll mm-hmm. never know what the majority of the people are asking for. We'll never know that. They're not going to disclose that to us. In fact, it's it's my belief, and and it's just my belief that most people want their church and their priests to be holy. I, I would hope so, right? Yeah. Um, even though less than fifty percent of Catholics are going to going to mass, um, uh, practicing their faith. But um, what about those traditionalists like our like ourselves, Paul? Um, I don't recall being invited. Uh, to speak to my diocesan bishop how about you paul did Did anyone you <laughs> get your opinion on it
2: uh, well that's just it you know uh, they're only listening to certain voices yeah so who and, are these voices uh, <laughs> yeah well you know who who the voices are so you know uh ruben we often talk about liberalism and modernism and and they're really you know two different sides of the same coin they they're really the you know the same thing in a sense but i just wanted to you know just for the audience and you know maybe people are tuning in and they're not aware of this but but um so here's one of the definitions of liberalism it's a willingness to respect or accept behavior or opinions different from one's own uh openness to new ideas okay that should be a a a red flag right there right openness to new ideas I, 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 I'm reminded of Solomon when he said, there's nothing new under the sun, right? right? <laughs> uh, and here's the other, the belief that many traditional beliefs are dispensable, mm-hmm. invalidated by modern thought, or li- or liable to change. Wow. Wow.
1: All right. Isn't that, that,
2: that's a mouthful, huh? <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. Hey, Paul, we're coming yeah. up on our first break, and uh, we'll be back right after this. Stick with us we're going to be getting into a deeper on this subject of the synodism of the
0: now back to jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency dial 888 526 2151
1: jesus 911 we're back uh Ruben sitting in here for Jesse. Um working along with my my brother Paul Clay. And uh uh I was down in Vegas uh, a, a while a couple <laughs> months ago and I got to see Paul in person. So it was good uh, breaking bread with you, Paul, and meeting your wife. And uh, so let's hope that continues that we can we can do those kind of things.
2: Absolutely. it was uh it was a great day for me. So uh,
1: you know, Ruben, uh back to
2: the discussion here we're we're, we're discussing uh, the article uh from the cast, uh, catholic news agency and they're they're reporting on the synod of synodality um uh before the break i was discussing what liberalism was and and by the way uh, it it's twin sister modernism well let me just tell you what what, what the definition of that is it says a movement Toward modifying traditional beliefs in accordance with modern ideas, especially in the Roman Catholic Church, yeah. in the late nineteenth and twentieth centuries. I so yeah.
1: it's been, said, yeah. But that modernism is a synthesis of all heresies.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And this is something, by the way, that's it's nothing new. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, many popes have written on it. It was, uh, I think, it was a. Uh, Pope Pius X, he wrote an encyclical called Pashendi. And in that encyclical, he basically identifies modernism uh, and calls it out for what it is. And it's evil. Uh, uh, you know, it's nothing short, uh, Ruben, in my opinion, of uh, uh you know it's an emancipation idea you know uh you could say that satan in a sense was the first modernist in the idea that he had his own ideas he didn't want to be what god had created him to be and therefore he disregarded you know his fidelity and 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 faithfulness to god and did what he wanted to do um when i when, when we read the psalms and, I, and I've quoted it before, and I'll say it again though, in Psalm, I believe it's chapter two. Uh, you know, it talks about the kings of the earth and the rulers gathering together against the Lord and against his anointed, his Christ, uh, in the Greek uh, Christos. Uh, this is this is uh, humankind coming together in a rebellious kind of a way. and 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 there, and, and in the Psalm, Uh, it it says that they they say, let us cast their cords from us. Let us, you know, uh, you know, God is too restrictive. Let's cut the cord. Let's break away from him. It says that God sees this from heaven and he laughs because uh, he has installed his king on Zion, his holy hill, and that that would be Christ, right? And so, so modernism uh, is definitely, definitely connected to there's a there's a worldview that wants to emancipate itself away from God, yeah. uh, the immutable God, the God that doesn't change. That's right. And 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 modernism says no, we can change. And by the way, Ruben, one thing I was talking to Jess about this is one thing is true about modernists is they have a very low regard for sacred scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine that, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: well, they uh, they uh, they disregard it's superna- the supernatural, you know. Yes. Yes. I, I, some people have been to a mass. I know I've been to a mass, and, uh, in the Nova Sordo where the, the the priest was at the um, the feeding of the multitudes, the feeding of the five thousand. He saw oh, that sharing was, uh, that was a miracle of sharing. <laughs> yeah, they, they just everybody saw a little boy sharing, so everybody brought their yeah. stuff out, you know. Yeah. And it yeah. Could be so farther from the truth.
2: Yeah. Well, well, then again, if you if you if you and not only that, they, they deny it's supernatural, but many of them deny the, you know, uh, the fact that sacred scripture is inerrant, you know, and if, and if it's not inerrant, then everything is open and on the table. And that's what you see today, by the way. Uh, uh, you, you, uh, let, let's keep reading the article and you'll get more and more of what we're talking about here. All right. Um, All right. Um, I'll,
1: I'll go ahead. I'll ahead. pick
2: it. You got it? I'll pick it up. Okay. Yeah. At the same time, some of the questions it frames for discussion allude to possible major changes in how the church operates around the world. Through the embrace of an open-ended synodal process that entails ongoing dialogue and discernment, uh, okay. The approach is so different. In fact, the document states that new formation programs will need to be developed at all levels of ecclesial life and for all the baptized, adding that the candidates for ordained ministry must be trained in a sonatal style and mentality. The text also outlines a sonatal method of spirituality focused on listening to the Holy Spirit and discerning the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, the 50 page document was was written by a committee of 22 people in April and May and approved by Pope Francis. The text itself stresses that it is not a document of the church's magisterium, nor is the report of a a sociological survey nor is it a report of a sociological survey, but instead presents the priorities that emerge from listening to the people of God in the global synod process thus far. The full text is available. Okay. So.
1: yeah, uh, I was going to say that the church is not a democracy. You know, we can't vote on things that we, we want to see in the church. Yeah. It was started by Christ upon his yes. rock Peter and, Yes, and, um, he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it and it for people to, to think that uh, that they could change it i mean there's 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 little things that you know you might be uh, wanting to change hey can you uh maybe the the way uh things are, are outlined in the church or the way things are set up in the church perhaps uh you know i i'd like to see all the Altar rails come back in, you know, but that, you know that's probably not going to happen. You know, I I'd, I'd sure love to see that um delineation between the lady and the and the and the priesthood. You know, with the in, in the sac and the sanctuary, I, I'd sure love to see less people running around in the sanctuary as well. But you know, I you know, I don't have a I, I can voice my opinion, but you know, uh, it's. I don't know if that's going to it's going to do anything.
2: Well, well, let's look at some of the some of the things that we see that that are so important right now that they want to address. And it's LGBTQ outreach and, you know, and it highlights the desires uh, for a uh, for for uh, institution new institutional bodies to allow for greater participation and decision making by the people of God. So all these things, women deacons. Mm. What's wrong with this picture, Reuben? Uh, is it Ruben, Are we old fashioned? Are we just basically, uh, you know, hey, we're, we're we're really misogynist. We we really, you know, we we're just against women, right? I mean, if we don't approve of women deacons, yeah. You're, you're, Listen, you're trying to keep them down, Paul. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep them down. Listen. The diaconate in the Roman Catholic Church is holy orders. Yeah. Okay. It is uh, in in the spiritual realm. It is, uh, you know, it is, it is, uh, again, holy orders. And so for a woman to receive holy orders, it is to say she has spiritual authority over a man. Okay. What's wrong with this? If you go back to creation. Okay. notice that natural law, the way it is now, natural law uh, that God has, by the way, is responsible for and and spiritual law. They go hand in hand, Reuben. So so when God created Adam, he, uh, you know, he created him as head over his wife. Mm -hmm. Right. Head over his wife. And so if the church then inverts that and goes against natural law and begins to ordain women to the priesthood, well, that they're giving women uh, uh, authority over men, which is a violation of natural law. Well, you got any comments on that, Ruben? Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the first part is, that came to mind is they're saying they, they, they just want uh, these women to be ordained as deacons. Now, you know what? Um, it's, it reminds me of the LGBTQ. I think it was just a few letters back then. It was LGB, yeah, LGB, yeah, I, and yeah. I, and, I, and I've added a whole bunch of other letters since then. But right, but they were um, they were railing for uh, civil unions to have uh, for, for like partnerships. Yeah, I remember covered, that to be covered under uh, their their medical insurance, and that's yes. all they we're asking for. We're not, you know, we're not asking for. Uh, to, to get married, or to to see us as a married couple, uh, and then eventually that was their end. You, we gave them a little uh, foot, and I don't have, I didn't have a problem with that. You know, the get, letting them share insurances, but uh, it just all it did. They steamrolled us. man. They just kept pushing and pushing. And now look at where we're at with this all, all this uh, gender inclusivity, and you know, uh, raising yeah. our kids. This, this is how far we've come. Would have ever thought. But this is my opinion is they get their foot in the door with a, a deacon as a deaconess, deacon, a you know, then wh- yeah. what's the next thing? Oh, well, she's already there. You know, she can do just about all these other things that priests do marriages and, and baptisms. And OK, well, let's just uh, let's just ordain her so we can she can start uh, consecration con- con- saying the mass, you know, mm-hmm. um, but. That's, you know, that's how I see it, that this is just a, they're just trying to get an in, an inroad to uh, f- further things that they want to accomplish.
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And to your point, Ruben, uh, and I wrote this down. I read it the other day, I think on the air, but I'm going to read it again because uh, it was, it was written by uh, uh, John MacArthur. He's a uh, uh, Protestant preacher. I thought it was so good. I, uh, I, I wrote it down because it's true. Okay, and 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 it, this is what he said. He said homosexuality is the ultimate perversion of manhood, and it, by the way, the uh he says is the end of society. When I say the West has fallen, I say it particularly because in 2003, the United States legalized sodomy. In 2015, they legalized homosexual marriage. And, and here, Okay, so, so in 2003, the United States legalized sodomy. He says in 2015, they legalized homosexual marriage. And here in 2022, we have the ultimate degradation of homosexuality when drag queens are in elementary schools, grooming kids to be as perverted as a male could possibly be. The government is demanding acceptance for these people, if not making them priority. Where you have homosexuality, you have the end of a culture. When it is legalized the way it has been in this country, when it is normalized so that they can be married, and when it is praised and elevated, you know the culture has fallen. You know, Ruben, that is, will step on a lot of people's toes, okay? But that is the facts uh, of, of how it is. Uh, uh, I was always, you know, when when Rome fell, and Rome was not conquered from the outside, right, but it fell from within, one of the one of the signs uh, of the temperature there was, you know, homosexuality was running rampant.
1: Yep. Hey, okay, I hear the music uh, coming up on our second break. Uh, don't change that dial. We'll be right back talking more about this topic that it's uh, could be kind of divisive. <laughs> we'll talk to you the other side of the break
0: now back to jesus911 if this call is not an emergency dial 888-526-2151
1: soul patrol two-man car reuben and paul we are uh, coming to you from well, i'm coming from the studio paul's in his uh in his office at uh in in las vegas and uh, you know, what you were talking about on the other side of the break, Paul, uh, Talking, speaking the truth, uh, sometimes the truth offends people, but uh, we can't affirm people in their sin, and uh, you know, uh, Father Dave Nix, a friend of the show, he he posted something on his uh, 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 social media site, he, he he's also known as Padre Peregrino, and, and <laughs> came to mind uh, when you were talking about uh, homosexuality, and he said that that it hit him today that the transgender rainbow flag represents both abortion and sodomy. The two aspects mm-hmm. of the religion of the left, the triangle part represents mutilating children. The lines represent unnatural sex. Therefore it's the two greatest evils in one single flag.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, let's look at where our countries come and how it's come, you know, uh, uh, it can it can all of these ideas can be linked ruben to the french revolution you know at in the french revolution what was what was going on basically they were emancipating themselves you know uh and 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 basically that was the time when all the kings you know they had all the monarch monarchies in the different countries in europe they all begin to fall one by one right Mm -hmm. well because that's the that's the world that the Catholic Church created, modeled after the kingdom of heaven and, and Christ being the King of Kings, and so so this is the world that we see ourselves in, where we want to detach ourselves from any type of uh, authority and do what we want to do. Uh, uh, I, I mentioned uh, 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 Pius the Tenth in his encyclical. In- Heshendi. I just want to read uh, his his you know assessment of the gravity of the situation. He says that we may uh, he says that we make no delay in this matter is rendered necessary, especially by the fact that the partisans of error are to be sought not only among the church's open enemies, they lie hid, a thing to be deeply deplored and feared in her very bosom and heart and are the more mischievous, mischievous, the less conspicuously they appear. We allude, venerable brethren, to many who belong to the Catholic laity, nay, and this is far more lamentable to the ranks of the priesthood itself, who feigning a love for the church, lacking the firm protection of philosophy and theology, nay, more thoroughly embowed, with the poisonous doctrines taught by the enemies of the church, and lost to all sense of modesty, vaunt themselves as reformers of the church, and forming more boldly into the line of attack, assail all that is most sacred in in the work of Christ, not sparing even the person of the divine Redeemer, whom with sacrilegious daring they reduce to a simple mere man,
1: yeah, you know what's so great about uh, that was written probably around 1905, around there, and yeah. it, it, the the words are so clear, they're so precise, they yes. they mean what they say, and yes. um, and in today's uh, you know with the liberals and, and people in the church, the modernists in the church, they they have this double speak, so it's very ambiguous language, so that yes. you could translate it, say, well, no, I. I I meant it to this way or, you know, yeah. the, the, the conservatives can try to translate it their way and the liberals can translate it their way. That's, that's hogwash, you know, in my opinion, At,
2: uh, the Indians used to say, uh, you speak with forked tongue. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth, right? That's yeah. what they tend to do. They speak from both with a forked tongue. Yeah. Uh, and, and we know that, that, that forked tongue belongs to a serpent. Yeah.
1: You okay, uh, that's, you know, um, Robert Bellarmine had a quote. Um, um, he, he said, for men are not bound or able to read hearts. So we, we're we not judging people's hearts. But when, when they see that someone is a heretic yes. by his external works, they judge him to be a heretic, pure and simple, and condemn him as a heretic. And uh, so... You know, when was the last time you heard uh somebody being called a heretic in the church? We've got a lot of heretics, and no nobody's is using yeah. that word anymore. That, yeah. yeah, they
2: don't even call them they don't even call them material heretics, yeah. you know, in and, and I'd be venture I'd venture to say some of them are formal heretics. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'd like to bring that word back if I may. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh why don't we move down so we, we get through this uh you want to go down? Okay. To the the uh the role of uh women inclusion's priestly celibacy.
2: Yeah, go ahead. You pick it up, Ruben.
1: The instrumental laborious is divided into two sections. The first summarizes insights from the continental assemblies and outlines what a synodal church is and how it should proceed. The second section is a series of 15 workshops with questions for discernment. And the worksheets uh, used to guide the small group of discussions in the October assembly. Um, Small groups also called circuli minoris will alternate with plenary sessions where they're all Synod participants are together. Um, the last part of the October gathering will focus on deciding the church's next step and in necessary in-depth theological canonical studies in preparation for a second assembly in October of 2024. So that's good that we're not gonna they're not gonna make any decisions on it right now. So you know, who knows? Maybe um, a lot can happen. You know, our, our pope is an elderly gentleman. Um, you know, there's no no guarantee that he'll be around in 20. At the end of twenty twenty three. I'm not wishing him any ill will, but uh let's just face it, he's up his upper eighties, you know. Um Yeah. So you know,
2: Ruben, Ruben, a lot of people kind of critique us and say, well, you know, what are you guys talking about? You know, you guys are speaking against the church itself. Well, well, number one, uh, you notice we're quoting popes of old who have written, who have warned us about the dangers that are coming about. We've we've had uh, uh, apparitions of Our Lady warn us about. Uh, we've had we have sacred scripture, Reuben, that tells us that uh, people's love will grow cold mm-hmm. in latter, you know, in the end times. And then it says that, uh, you know, it says that good will be called evil and evil will be called good. Our Lady, you know, what did she say? B- bishop will be against bishop, right? Yeah. These are the things that are, are are happening today. And so, what do we do? uh what can we do when well, we hold fast like sacred scripture says to the tradition yeah. right we uh uh ruben you remember as a, as a police officer you remember um, when you, every once in a while you get a call and it's of, of a critical missing mm-hmm. and the person had alzheimer's disease right <laughs> yeah and uh, this critical missing person uh with when you have alzheimer's disease you basically forget who you are and if you forget who you are, uh you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. and this is the purpose of tradition in the church. You know it you know, we know what the tradition is. we know who we are, and therefore we know where we're going, and we know you know uh, uh that that's the way I can illustrate it to you know mm-hmm. to to what I see going on in the church today. yeah We we're basically have spiritual Alzheimer's disease.
1: That's true, that is true. um you know, I think uh well let uh, let's go on. We, we can comment some more. Uh, you want to go down. Okay, maybe the authority of the church
2: yeah let's 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 sk- skip down yeah. to that part. Okay. The exercise of authority in the church emerges as a major theme, yeah, in 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 the instrumentium laborious with the word authority appearing more than 50 times in the text. In every age, the exercise of authority and responsibility within the church is influenced by the prevailing management models and imagery of power in society. The text observes, how can we become aware of this and exercise an evangelical discernment of the prevailing practices of exercising authority in the church and in society? One proposed question for discernment for the synodal uh, for the synod of bishops asks, What can we learn about the exercise of authority and responsibility from other churches and ecclesial communities?
1: Hmm, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they nothing brought, like, yeah, they brought Protestants in at Vatican II. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure
2: nothing they're... like leading from behind, Ruben. <laughs> That's right. You know, nothing. Not I mean, uh, last I checked, uh, you know, the Catholic faith professes to be the church established by Jesus Christ. Does it not?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: But yet, we, yet, are we looking to people who were who are at at minimum material heretics to tell us what to do? That's yeah. like asking a deserter. Tell me about the, the military. Tell me, you know, tell, tell, <laughs> yeah. you know, would you go to a deserter and ask them uh, for direction on about the military? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Another question asks, how can we deal constructively with cases in which those in authority feel they cannot confirm the conclusions reached by a community discernment process, taking a decision in a different direction? What kind of restitution should that authority offer to those who participated in the process?
1: Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um yeah. it's 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 like what they want to do here in California. They want to give that the money to uh uh to people of uh, who had slaves in their families, you know. Um
2: Hey man, I'm thinking about moving back to California. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco in
2: particular, yeah. I think. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, reparations, uh, no
1: reparations, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Um uh, yeah. the, uh, conservation of the spirit, the document also devotes a significant amount of time and space, including a full page illustration, um, to the concept of converse- conversation, in the spirit, which it calls the synodal method conversation in the spirit. That's, you know, these are these key words that are in this document. Uh, Conversation in the Spirit, which appears 23 times, is described as a process of personal prayer, listening, sharing, and making space for others in the Holy Spirit, and group discernment in an atmosphere of prayer.
2: It's, yeah, group discernment. It,
1: you know, last I checked, Paul, I, I, you know, I know the Holy Spirit, we, we, we receive the Holy Spirit at our confirmation and baptism, but uh, we're going to become like Protestants if, if we can all decide what we want to believe and what the Scriptures say Oh, anyway. Man. It gets frustrating, but we're, we'll be back on the other side of the break to, to wrap this up. Don't change that dial.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: Jesus nine one one. We are back to Mancar, Paul, and Ruben, and um, I'm filling in here today for Jesse, who's who's uh, doing some apostolic work. He's uh, flying out. Chicago,
2: to... Chicago, isn't
1: it? Yeah, he's going to Chicago. Yeah. Um, not right. the place that I really want to go to right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's that's the thing about Jesse. He's willing to he's he's yeah. willing to go right where where it needs to go. Yeah. So I love him for that. Yeah. You know, you know, Ruben. Oh, go ahead, go ahead,
1: Ruben. No, no, go ahead.
2: So, I just wanted to read to you since we're talking about this, and um, I think um, this is a pastoral letter written about you know in the late eighteen hundreds. Uh, this was a, a letter from the bishops. Okay, this is this is what they said. At the present hour, liberalism is the chief error of the of the intellects and the dominant passion of our century. It fashions an infected atmosphere, which, envelop, which envelops the political and religious world on all sides, which is a supreme peril for society and for the individual. As an enemy of the Catholic church, as gratuitous as it is unjust and cruel, it heaps up in a bundle in an insane disorder all the elements of destruction and death in order to banish the church from the earth. I'm going to say that again. What is the purpose? In order to banish the church from the earth. It falsifies ideas, corrupts judgments, adulterates consciences, enervates uh, characters. What That means to, to drain them of their, zap them of their energy. Inflames passions, subjugates governments, stirs up, the governed and not content to put out if it were possible the torch of revelation it moves forward unconsciously and boldly to extinguish the light of natural reason itself reuben fast forward um 100 and basically 100 and um 50 years or so from the time that that was written you see the inroads that this infection has caused within the church to the point that the church is now, uh, you know, uh, 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 doing its best that there are some in the church, not all, but there are some in the church that are attempting to literally change the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm still just dumbfounded when I read stuff like that.
1: Well, um, We could fast forward. You're reading something from the 1800s. How about something in 1933 from a pope that we uh, have all heard about, Pope Pius XII. And he wrote this. He says, I am concerned about the confidences of the Virgin to the Little Lucia of Fatima. This persistence of the good lady in face of the danger that threatens the church is a divine warning against the suicide that the alteration of the faith in its liturgy, its theology, and its soul would represent. I hear around me innovators who wish to dismantle the sacred chapel, destroy the universal flame of the church, reject her ornaments, and make her remorseful for her historical past. Well, my dear friend, I am convinced that the Church of Peter must affirm her past or else she will dig her own grave. I will fight this battle with the greatest energy on the inside of the church, just as outside of it, even if the forces of evil may one day take advantage of my person, my actions, or my writings as they try today to deform the history of the church. All human heresies which alter the word of God are so that a greater light might appear. uh, God
2: bless Pius
1: XII. (laughs) Yeah, be more clear. And you know, um, he talked about... Our Lady Fatima, but what about Our Lady La Salette? She said oh, that yeah. Rome would lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist. Uh, wow. I, I mean, I know there are many Antichrists, but the Antichrist—it's it, pretty daunting, you know. And we've seen it—we're seeing it happen. Uh, I'm not saying whoever's in power now is, is the Antichrist, but this is what Our Lady La Salette, an approved apparition of the Church. Has yeah. said, so.
2: and we and we have to remember, there's two aspects to the church, right? One is divine, the other one human.
1: Yeah,
2: and we know we know the human aspect. Many times in the past, Reuben has basically gotten off the reservation. I mean, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Saint Athanasius at the time of when Arianism, which is this this heretical view about Christ Himself, was prevalent to the point that most of the bishops in the church at the time had given over to it, and God raised up the great Saint Athanasius. I'm a little bit encouraged, Ruben. I was reading an, an article in the Catholic uh, Register where it says, uh, you know, it's, it's a couple of months old, I think. It's, it says, uh, International Coalition of Bishops offers fraternal letter of concern to the German episcopacy yeah. uh, uh, over the Synodal Path. And so you have over seventy bishops from four continents that that you know that are warning them on where they're going. So I'm beginning to uh, at least see voices, you know. Uh, and, and, and 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 you know what? Better late than never, Reuben. But you know they should have been at the front of this stuff, and they should have made their voices heard because um, uh, you don't just let you know. Uh, it's like it's like like a fire. Once that fire starts burning. Uh, you know, if you don't get on it quick, it's going to be out of control. And that's what we're seeing right now, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Germany. Well, that that's where it seems like all the, the errors and the problems start, you know, and we remember. Martin <laughs> Luther, And yeah. yeah, I was just reading about the, the German synodal process and, and they're going off the rails it, and they want to yeah. they want to keep this thing going. And, you know, what's kind of f- funny is that Cardinal uh casper who's no friend to tradition um he's he's walter casper he sees a close close aligned closely aligned with pope francis you know and back in the day there was a a a back and forth between him and then cardinal ratzinger who formed you know uh pope benedict when he was in charge of the cdf and they both wrote uh things back and forth and uh so Ratzinger was was trying to reel him in and, and tell him, put him kind of in his place. So, but he, he he's saying this is a, a liberal. Casper is talking about his brother bishops in in Germany. Um, synods cannot be institutionally made permanent. The tradition of the church does not know a synodal church government. He said, a synodal supreme council is is now envis, envisaged. Has no basis in the entire history of the Constitution. I would not be a renewal, but a, of an unheard of innovation. He so he's he's dogging his his own uh, brother bishops in Germany, and uh, so that's saying something. And uh, they're gonna they're even the F- Pope Francis says that this this could cause schism. You know that uh, what the Germans want to do because they just want yeah. to do their own thing. They're, they're already giving communion to the uh, divorced and remarried um they're yeah. you know they
2: but it, but isn't it true reuben that um pope francis seems to be you know sending mixed signals here and he's not speaking clearly no. you know uh you know that's what people need when when, when you're in that in 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 the heat of battle you need a leader who's going to speak clearly who's going to issue commands that we can clearly follow It's not not a time to be ambiguous. It's a time to be uh, straight to the point. You know, continuing to comment in that, uh, in the Catholic Register article, this is what the the bishop said. Uh, While noting the need to reform in the life of the church, the letter states, Christian history is littered with well-intended efforts that lost their grounding in the word of God in a faithful encounter with with Jesus Christ in a true listening to the Holy Spirit and in the submission of our wills to the will of the Father the letter states that Germany's controversial synodal path a reform effort backed by the majority of German bishops that calls for fundamental changes to the church's teaching on sexuality blessings for same-sex unions and the priestly ordination of women risks leading to precisely such a dead end. Mm. Yeah, you know, of of course, and and, and modernists, again, we said, they have little regard for sacred scripture. So uh, uh, these bishops rightly point out that this is the problem. They lose their uh, their way. They're not grounded in the word of God, the immutable word of God, the word of God that uh, goes out and it accomplishes all that God sends it out to accomplish, Reuben. Uh, this is a dangerous place to be in. And this tells me that these bishops, you know, they're nothing more than hirelings. They're nothing more than people who have an agenda, their own agenda that they put. They want the traditions of men rather than the traditions of God. Amen.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, going back to the Baltimore Catechism, you know, I think it's book three, question 49 what is the church? The church is the congregation of all those who profess the faith of Christ, partake of the same sacraments, and are governed by their lawful pastors under one visible head. Um, And then what is the duty of the teaching church? The duty of the teaching church is to continue the work of our Lord began upon earth, namely to teach revealed truth, to administer the sacraments, and to labor for the salvation of souls. Yes, yes, yes. uh, I mean—
2: Give us a little encouragement, Ruben. Yeah. Give us a little encouragement. We're getting close to the end here. Can...
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say, you know, we know. Those of you, I'm sure we're speaking to the choir, but you know your Catholic faith. You know that, you know, uh, census fide, uh, where you you know what's right and wrong. The hairs yes. on the back of your neck in law enforcement, when we used to approach a car and we saw something hinky, those hairs on the back of our neck would stand up. Oh, there's danger here. Better listen to that sixth yeah. sense. That's right. And so we have to hear uh, and know our faith, teach our faith, love our faith, and um, live our faith. But we also have to uh, beware that just because somebody in a caller, you know, clerics, uh, maybe a bishop, a cardinal, or God forbid, even the pope is speaking something that doesn't sound uh, Catholic, then you have to, t- you know, you have to hold fast and, and say, hey, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not going down that road because I know my faith and uh it's it's unfortunate that we're living in these times but we were made for these times paul so you know just like uh people at dodger stadium we were made for those i was telling them man we were we were made for this time and and to fight this battle and and god chose us from all the other uh people that could have put here on earth and we're here today so let's uh step up and let's let's be the leaders that we're called to be live the life uh, as catholics that we're called to live and uh, let's and
2: fear not the lord is with us
1: right thanks paul for having me on uh, it's good to be back in the seat
2: and um, always good my brother always good my brother and uh, you're such a blessing and an encouragement to the audience
1: all right thank you very much appreciate it uh stay tuned for hands-on apologetics with gary Michuda from the midwest command center We're signing out we are eow and seven god bless keep the faith